With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. You can also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. You can also email me on Saturdays with Joy Keys at Hotmail.com. Again, that's Saturdays with Joy Keys at Hotmail.com. I would love to hear from you, and I want to thank and give a shout-out to all the people who have supported the show by listening and donating. You can donate uh, via PayPal, Saturdays with Joy Keys. And if you've missed the show or you come in the middle, you like you want to be, listen to the beginning, we're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. So you can always catch up. Just look up my name and the guest and stuff will pop up in those different arenas. Well, this morning I have an author. This is her third book she's written. Um, she wrote The Rib King and The Talented Ribkins, and, uh, which received the 2018 Ernest J. Gaines Award for Literary Excellence and the Hurston Wright Legacy Award for Debut Fiction. Her writing has appeared in Guernica, The Times Literary Supplement, Supplement Copper Nickel, and Kayayu. Hubbard is a recipient of the Radcliffe Institute Fellowship, a Berlin Prize Fellowship, and a Rona Jaffe Foundation Writers Award. And uh, she received many other fellowships as well. And um, she was born in Massachusetts and raised in the U.S. Virgin Islands and Florida, but now she lives in New Orleans. Uh, Welcome, Lady Hubbard. Hi. No, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. I guess I want to let everybody know our guest is a little under the weather, so really uh, yeah. be patient with her this morning. Um, I'm really uh, happy that she's still willing to do the interview. Um, so she's um, just dealing with a little cold here, and uh, we're not playing any jokes with you. Her voice is really deep and everything like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's start at the beginning. Uh, you know, I talked to a lot of authors about their experience with libraries. Did you go to the um, library when you were a kid? Yeah, I can see how that would be a consistent theme with, with writers. But, yeah, I spent a lot of time in, in the library at my school when I was younger. Um, what did you, yeah. um, do you, what do you remember, like a certain book that you would always go to or a section? I, I don't. I, I liked libraries and I liked uh, exploring. I mean, I read a lot when I was in um, – middle school and in high school, just whatever was there. So it was mm-hmm, just a mm-hmm. place of refuge for me in terms of, of books and ideas and stories in general. That's what yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember the smell. Mm-hmm. I, I love the smell of books, actual mm-hmm. physical books. Um, I used to take my right. order to, like, the bookstore, and um, that was actually a fun thing to do, to, to go to the bookstore. And I, I remember as a kid, uh, the turnstile 
going to the turnstile to get into the library. It was the weirdest thing that they had the turnstile. Like you had the door and then you had the turnstile to get in. And now as an adult, if I go there, it looks so excruciatingly teeny. Like I, I fit to that funny. turnstile, you know, funny. Um, to, to get into the library and everything. Um, but I, I, I myself uh, love loved the library. Um, did your parents read to you um, when you were younger? Um, if so, was there a certain book that you liked? Um, that you remember? I, I, yeah, you know what's funny? I don't, I don't, I'm trying to remember. I, I spent a lot of time reading alone. That's, that's what my mm. early memories, but I know there was um, the book, The Snowy Day. I remember that. Ah, and I remember I yes, yes. <laughs> Those made a huge impression on me. I still remember them. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I need another that book called That is one of my favorites. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a beautiful story. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so. Oh, you. you my, my heart's a pitter patter with the snowy day. <laughs> you remember that too? Yeah. That was a. That's oh a my God. Yes. That's the best. I have. Uh-huh. I have a snowy day copy here, and I remember reading reading it to uh, to my daughter. Um. Uh, and and uh, I think my brother probably he he got um, read to, and then I remember my dad used to read the Monkey King story to us mm. um uh that that was a that was a big story he read because it was like this huge book i remember um uh but uh, these are just memories you know that we have as as children and uh, my point is that yeah. you know these are so they make such an impact on our lives later you know uh you became a writer um i you know i didn't become a writer but i went into the arts initially it's just things that like you don't realize how important they are um and how they impact you now uh this yeah. is your third this is your third book and where did this title come from the last suspicious holdout oh that's an interesting question um yeah i i liked it because the suspicious is kind of ambiguous it's like are you is the holdout suspicious like who where is the suspicion coming from and and I don't know I thought that was uh I always thought it was an interesting turn of phrase and uh I the way it fits in the the collection of stories is 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 kind of a pivotal moment in the book for me um right, right. in terms of uh there's a there's all kinds of cultural transitions and sort of figuring out what is going on and and also being suspicious of what's going on around you and trying to sort of get I I like the ambiguity of it in terms of the uh the book as a whole. So yeah. Yeah, I, I mean like there's that. suspicious yeah. characters. There's suspicious yeah. characters. There's some people I'm very suspicious of and there are other people I'm on the fence, like I'm on a line like did they maybe did they really do that or did they not do that? What did he just say? You know, so when right. you guys read this book, she's right because that my whole time I'm reading I'm like, okay, what well, you know, I'm I'm thinking when I read books, I'm like super critical and thinking about all types of things, you know, the environment, the weather and this, that, and the other. And um, so I was like, hmm, you know, and then there's the the actual entities that could be suspicious, you know, uh, inside the book. So, right. mm -hmm, People, mm -hmm. people, characters that are suspicious of what's going on around them as well. Yeah. So Mm -hmm, they're not sure they exactly what's going on. So, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trust. That's a big issue. Trust is a big issue in the book, you know, 
um, people not trusting, uh, like I remember the the husband who was a lawyer brought the the uh, felon home, and th- there was trust there, trust between husband and wives. Um, right. How do you think we develop trust? What did you learn about trust? Where did you learn about trust? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's very uh, ambiguous. I think for a lot of characters, ultimately, um, it, it's about trusting yourself uh, and what you can handle in terms of uh, other people. Can you handle other mm-hmm. people? That's part of the, the suspicious part as well, um, because a lot of situations that the characters find themselves in are not, they're a bit ambiguous and not clear. And ultimately, I think it's about how much uh, a lot of the time the characters trust their own perceptions and intuition and uh, finding themselves in situations where they're, they're being asked or told to, to doubt their own perceptions. That's, that's, that's part of, I think, of a lot of what's going on in terms of uh, trust in here. So I don't know if that makes sense. So. No, that does. I mean, think does that about make sense? real life. Yeah, yeah, real life. Yeah. You know, you are yeah. sometimes in positions and people make you doubt yourself and you're like, no, right. the, the, the back of my neck is tingling right now. I know this is not right. Or, no, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. Stop trying to get me off track. That happens in, right. in real life. Um, and, and talking about that, you had a great mentor, uh, Toni Morrison. How did she help you stay on track and, and, and listen to your intuition. That's an interesting way to put it. Um, yeah, she was a great, uh, she was a, a writing teacher of mine, probably really the, the first real writing teacher I had when I was very young and I was just starting to write fiction. And I think that she helped me stay on track by, as you're saying, being very respectful and sort of helping me to be respectful of my own intuition, by which I mean she she never – I don't recall her saying, I mean, there were specific things, obviously, that she just thought um, were not right. But in general, uh, it was like, what are you trying to do with your writing and and really trying to help me clarify my own vision as opposed to Mm -hmm. imposing, like, her vision or what she, you know, and, and that really helped me to learn to or start to learn, I should say, to respect my own intuition about my writing. So it's never mm-hmm. like what you're doing or what you're trying to do is wrong. It's like you, you need, can we help, can we try to clarify it so that it's clearer and sharper and that other people can see it too. So that yes, was, I, that yes. I really did feel it was a very respectful, uh, uh, I don't know if that's the right word because, uh, the, the, <laughs> you know, I was just so in awe of her at the time, but it, it, in a way it was very, it was very respectful of uh, my my very young effort to express myself. Well, it sounds like she didn't impose her will or her view right. of what it should be on you. She wanted you to blossom, it sounds like. So I think that yeah. is, is respectful because there are people who may be great writers and they could have been your mentor and they could have totally overshadowed your voice. And it right. wouldn't have been lady. It would have been their voice and not lady. Exactly. And, um, and so, I think yeah, that's I th- such a hard thing for a lot of people is to really learn to respect their own voices and their own perspectives. And so it's really important to be encouraged to do that um, and to value 
your perceptions and your experiences. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think that that's kind of a really essential part of, of writing or being able to write is, is to, to realize that, that the worth of your own voice. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, one of the issues yeah. in the book, uh, and, and you brought this up before, I, I think I was trying to tell you earlier before we started, is the issue of resilience. And as a writer, you know, it's not a glamorous life, so to speak, most writers. You know, you might write for a long time before you get published. You, you might write for a long time before you really write what you want to write. Uh, how as a writer, how, do, how do, can you develop resilience as a writer? Right. Well, see, that's, that's a, that's, and it is really important because I, it, you know, it isn't easy. I don't think it's a, yeah, it's not an easy, and there's not really a lot of um, sort of a, a, a proper way to do it. It's like everyone has to figure out their own path. Um, but that's part of what I mean about um, the importance of uh, respecting your own voice because I think that um, it's required. You're going to have to, to to publish your work. For a lot of people, I think that um, that's a really, they're, they're sort of correlated. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you have to yeah. value what you have to say uh, before other people will often, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's part of the, the struggle for a lot of people in terms of uh, staying with it and, and continuing to believe in in their own voices. Yeah. Now the um, the book is dealing with a lot of characters. There's all these little short stories and, and some a little longer, and they are also uh, dealing with issues of resilience. Um, you have you know immigration issues. You have people in prison um, issues, mental health issues. Um, you know family issues, all dealing with these resilience, and and also just overall arching as African Americans. Um, you know being resilient, what do you think makes African-Americans resilient? I don't know what makes African-Americans. I mean, I think that, that um, we certainly have had to be to um, survive our history in this country. It, it has required a, a great amount of um, resiliency. And uh, not just, uh, I don't mean that in just like a strictly mechanical sense. I mean, I think that um, the fact that so much uh, we've contributed so much to American society more broadly. So by resilience, I mean the ability to create art and, and to, to innovate and things like that. And um, I'm, I'm often awestruck by that. Um, so I think it's, an, it's just an inherent, for me, aspect of African-American culture and history because I don't, I, I think it's uh, been the key to, to surviving. Yeah. It's required mm-hmm. of certain people to be extremely <laughs> resilient and to understand that, that resiliency is, is actually a very, uh, and, and like survival itself, like a very complicated proposition, actually. Yeah. So I don't now, know the whys of, the, of it exactly. The whys of it, true. okay. Yeah. 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 Now, but one of the stories is dealing with immigration. Uh, the young lady, um, you know, she she's an immigrant. Um, and you came from the Virgin Islands. When did you come from the Virgin Islands? How old were you? Do you? Were you very young or older? Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't born there. I moved there when I was really young, and I moved back for high school. So I moved back when I was 14. Okay. Um, yeah. And did you? What, so what I moved back to the States, yeah. 
what did you huh? experience? Did they think did they think you were from the islands, or or did you have any problem blending in, or did you have an accent, or what did you experience coming back? Yeah, no, it was a, it was a, it's interesting. I mean, that's because it's not, she's not really immigrant. She's like a, like me, that's probably a somewhat yeah. um, self-reflective, that character. But yeah, no, it's not, it's sort of, she's just very displaced um, because uh, these things make a difference to, to people. She's not really West Indian. She's African-American, but she talks, has mm-hmm. like a little accent and she's also a little bit alienated from the culture, which is, part of why right. she doesn't that story that's the first story in the collection and uh it's uh it involves a, a group of kids going to uh the flip lady's house which was something that people did in florida when i was younger and i i think they it's a lot of places there's a woman that sold um homemade popsicles to kids and this is something that's very commonplace but for her it's uh she doesn't really understand how to uh to deal with this flip so it's like a very mundane thing, but it's it, it, the the character is just very um, alienated. And I was really interested in that story and in the fact that her root uh, was so sort of not normal, right? Because she's mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. really West Indian, and she's just very displaced. Yeah. Is that now that the one you want to read a little bit from? Oh, I could. I definitely could. Oh no, no. Which the one? Um, which the one? Which one did you want to read from? Oh, that. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's right. That's what I said. That's right. Swiss Lady, 1992. Um, okay. And I'll just read, I'll read the first paragraph. So this is the first story in the uh, collection. Um, and uh, I didn't really explain, but all the stories in the, this collection are set in the same town in the south. It's in Gulf Coast, Florida, actually. And uh, they each take place in a different year. And uh, it uh, goes from 1992 to 2007. And uh, for really specific reasons, I was really interested in that period of time. But this is, this is how it starts. And this is Flip Lady, and it's 1992. One, history. Raymond Brown hears the sound of laughter. He puts down his book and looks out the window. Here they come now children of the ancient ones, the hewers of wood, the cutters of cane, barreling down the sidewalk on their huffies and schwins, little legs pumping over fat rubber tires, brakes squealing as they pull into the drive, standing on tiptoes as they straddle their bikes and stare at the house with their mouths hanging open, just like before. Some of them he still recognizes. He made out with that girl's sister in the seventh grade, played basketball with that boy's uncle in high school. This one was all right until his brother joined the army. That one was okay until her daddy went to jail. And you see that girl in the back, the chubby one standing by the curb next to the brand new Schwinn. She hasn't been the same since the invasion of Grenada nine years ago in 1983. The Spice Islands. When the Marines landed, she was three years old, living in St. George's near the medical clinic with her mother, the doctor, and Aunt Ruby, the nurse. The power went off, hospital plunging into blue darkness while machine gun fire cackled in the distance like a bag of Jiffy Pop bubbling up on the stove. Oh, no, Aunt Ruby said, just like before. It's all there in the book on his lap, colonizers fanning out across the Atlantic like a hurricane, not exactly hungry but looking for spice. They claimed the land. They built the plantations. 
They filled the Americas up with slaves. Sugar kept the workers happy, distracted them from grief. And 400 years later, you have your military invasions and McDonald's happy meals, your ho-hos and preemptive strikes, your Oreos and Reaganomics, your Captain Crunch and Kool-Aid. These kids can't get enough of it. They sit in the driveway. They shift in their seats. They grip the plastic streamers affixed to the handlebars. One of them kicks the kickstand and steps forward, fingers curled into a small, tight fist as he knocks on the kitchen door. This lady, you in there? Just like before. They roam the entire earth in search of spice, so why not here? Why not now? Slip lady, you home? It's me, Calvin. I can just, I'll just stop right there. But yes, <laughs> that's the first story. Yeah, and you see there's like a, a, a girl the main character is looking at uh, that in some ways, uh, her experience does uh, does parallel <laughs> my own awkward childhood. So but, yeah, 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 yeah. Now one of the one uh-huh. of the chapters is called Trash. And is there uh-huh. something you have that you should throw out? Is there something that lady has that she probably should throw out now and that you're holding on to? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there's a lot that I should just throw out, <laughs> but it's hard to. That's hilarious. Yeah, because that story she's uh, she's the woman is actually thinking about. Uh, separating from her husband. So, yeah, it's like a, um, yeah, it's just the stress, because that's a after Katrina story, and mm-hmm. it's just, in mm-hmm. part it's the stress of, uh, of dealing with the aftermath of that that is leading her to uh, think about things that uh, she's not sure the, the actual value of anymore. So, yeah. you know, we hold on to so much. You know, I, I had a, my grandmother uh, passed away recently, and um, she has a house full of things, and, and we were in, in the house um, a couple of weeks ago go, going through stuff, and it's just amazing. I was like, oh, my God, there's so much in here. Like, what – like, I got overwhelmed with trying to, like, okay, well, this is some stuff I want, but I, I don't need this stuff either. Like, what am I going to do with this stuff? And and really deciding, like, okay, just leave that. Like, you don't need that you have memories in your head and your spirit about right. the woman, you know, and, um, and, and, and not just trying to take stuff just to take stuff because then that's more stuff right. for me and I don't need it, you know? Um, right. but, but then, um, with the woman in your chapter, like you said, I mean, there's physical trash of like, we think like, you know, bottles and plates and things. And then there's relationships that may be trash, uh, in our lives that we need to get rid of people. You know, they could be weighing us down um, sometimes. Right. Uh, so, so that's a that's a that's a choice that we have to deal with as as humans. What relationships? Do well, we yeah, keep? it's what really like go? actually as a right or as opposed to um, like in that particular story, um, really thinking about whether you do want to hold on to things as well, like mm-hmm, if you want mm-hmm. that maybe other people do not see the value of things sometimes that are important to you. And that's uh, what's weighing on that character's mind is, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and it it becomes related to uh, the insurancing them to go over um, the the value of all the things they've lost in uh, Katrina. So just just reflecting on on what the actual value, what, what she wants to hold on to that, you know, maybe in in her case, because it's, She's upset that her her 
husband took it upon himself to throw out uh, a pile, a box of old clothes that she wanted to keep. So it's it's really again, it's a and I said this before. A lot of uh, the stories are about trusting your own perceptions and and also being aware of them. And and sometimes mm-hmm. like in the larger sense of that story, they have great consequence. Um, because I really was uh, thinking about Katrina and uh, and the way in which uh, New Orleans was was talked about or represented at that time, um, and and understanding and respecting the value of things that again sometimes uh, other people do not seem to really recognize the value of. Well, you know, in that story, they they have neighbors, uh, these white neighbors, and um, yeah. the couple he was noticing they having these little part, not parties per se, but these guys in suits and they were talking and he was thinking that they were really um, scoping out the neighborhood maybe and thinking at a, you know, on a wider scale, I'm not just going to buy that house, but maybe buy more things of, 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 of right. uh, property. Um, and, uh, and, and those types of things happen. You know, when, yeah. when a disaster hits one area, there are people that swoop in knowing that they yes. can get these spots or homes or land that have memories and and spirits and get them for cheap and make money off of them um, and take advantage of grief um, right. and people's need for money. So that that, that happens in, in real life, you know. Um, now, it I definitely does. Thing. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What no, no, I was say? just going to say it definitely does. And I, I, yeah, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I got some fun things for you. Um, if you had to go to Mars, what are you going to take with you? Uh-huh. Just uh, maybe oh two or gosh. three things. Uh, a pen and a paper, piece of paper, some paper <laughs> and, and a pen. And I probably need my glasses, too, because I'm very <laughs> okay. nearsighted. Um, okay. I, I think I, if I, if they'll come with me, I'd bring my, my kids with me too. So I'd bring my family. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a great question actually, but definitely the pen and paper and glasses. That's okay. Definitely pen and paper and glasses. Yeah. Okay. If you had, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, wow. Also, uh, um, I know people ask me that because of, um, had uh, the first book I wrote, The Talented Ribkins, mm-hmm. all the characters have little, they have talents. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'd like to fly. Today, I you would like really to like to fly. Yeah, so that okay. might change over time, but today it would be pretty nice to uh, to have the ability to fly. So, so now, uh, do I don't you know any celebrate any person that to say, huh? No, no, that's fine. Whatever your answer would, would be fine because everybody gives a different answer. And everybody, uh, yeah. you know, I've asked it many times, and some people are, like, really like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And other people are like, oh, yeah, I know what I would be. You know, so everybody's different. It's okay if you want to fly. I, I, I'm all for it. Now, what's, uh, yeah. what's your favorite food at Thanksgiving? Oh, gosh. Um, my favorite food at Thanksgiving. Well, that's a really funny question for me because, and people point it out because they say I write about food a lot because I have a mm-hmm. lot of allergies. And so there's a lot of stuff I actually enjoy to eat that I can't. I, I actually okay. eat a lot of oysters. I, I tend to eat oysters on Thanksgiving. So, so I really? would say that. It's probably very, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that, but yeah. So are you vegan? I'm not. Well, I eat oysters, so I can't. I'm, I can't eat. I guess that's cow's not. Milk yeah, yeah. Or yeah, and I can't eat wheat. I do eat fish. I don't really eat um, red meat or yeah. So, but for, mm-hmm. for on Thanksgiving, I, I we have our own traditions. I tend to eat a lot of oysters. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Not a traditional now, answer. So. No, but that's great. I, I was not expecting uh, that. If you if you had a hundred dollars, what would you do with it? If I had a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars. Oh, um, I oh my gosh. Honestly, I don't know. I'd probably put it in the bank. I don't know what I would do with a hundred dollars. That's all I have is a hundred dollars, <laughs> or I just have, so all you have an extra hundred dollars. All like, I have is a hundred dollars. You could make you could make it in your interpretation. See, like like people uh, interpret I art. I know. <laughs> right. No, that's. That's actually an interesting question. I think my first instinct would be to put it in the bank and try to figure out what's going on and take a mm-hmm. minute to think about it. So the way that okay. question I heard it was I only have $100. So you right. probably read into how people interpret that, that in yes. itself. But I was like, oh, I only yes. have $100. So, yeah, I put it in the bank probably. But, see, look at I that as a writer it. also – People, people look at your writing. Uh, they may read one thing one way, and you're thinking, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't expecting them to look at it that way." Uh, you know, I wrote that it this way. True. So, you know, that's like an art. You know, when you go into the museum and you see the picture, the artist had one that's vision, right. but then the viewer, the the, the person looking, is, is seeing something else, maybe. Um, and so that's the beauty, I think, of art. And writing is art. Uh, Questions are also art, I guess. <laughs> no, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And sometimes it's really wonderful, and you learn a lot from how people respond to your work. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. it's great, and sometimes it's things you need to think about. Do you know what I mean? So I think exactly. that's, that's really great. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's up next for for Lady Hubbard? And you know, I have to tell you, when I say your name, I, I, I don't know for some reason, like music comes to my mind, and 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 people may be listening. They might be thinking, I'm calling you Lady, as in man, woman, lady, but her name is Lady L A D E E, and her last name is Hubbard. Yeah. But it, I don't know. Like I think it's very musical sounding and. I don't know, like, I feel like you should be, like, a jazz singer as well or something. Um. That's, that's probably, like, the, the the Lady Day. It sounds like right, Lady exactly. Day a little bit. But, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, well, that's what, nice. What's next it's, for it's, you? It's the name I was born with. And thank you for pronouncing it correctly because a lot of people do not do that. It gets I, I get called Laddie quite a bit, but it is Lady. So, and that's, really? uh, that's my That's yeah. interesting. Okay. I, I don't know. I just... I, I, I look up people's names that usually I try, I, if I don't know how they sound, but for some reason I just thought, okay, I know that's how it sounds. Um, but, but what's up next for you? What, do, do you already have another book on the horizon? Um, can you give us any hints? I, I do. I'm, I mean, I'm working. I'm always, I love writing, so I'm always, whenever I can, I'm trying to work on something. So, yeah, I'm working on a, um, another novel. So it's probably, it's probably at a stage still where it's, I should just leave it at that at this point. But yeah, no, I'm, okay. I'm definitely no, working no on hints. another novel. Okay. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> now, where can people find you online? What's your, like, your handles on, like, Twitter and Instagram and things like that? Oh, yeah, well, I, have, I'm, I am on Instagram. Yeah, it's just Lady Hubbard. I'm, I'm also, I have a website, ladyhubbard.com, that people can mm-hmm. go to as well. So, yeah. Well, yeah. you sounded great today. So that cold is on hold. Probably when you hang up, you'll probably sneeze since time. <laughs> I know. No, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm happy that that wasn't a problem. So I was a little yes, worried about yes. that. Um, so. So, no worries. Thank you again for coming on this morning. I, I'm going to give away some copies of your book um, to the listeners. Oh, great. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to encourage them to follow me on Twitter at Julie Keys or check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Julie Keys or on Instagram so you can find out the question, and then you'll have to email the answer to SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com and so you can, so you can win a copy of the book. Um, thank you again, lady, for coming on. I hope you feel better, and um, maybe thank you'll you. have some flying dreams tonight. <laughs> it's wonderful talking to you. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with author Lady Hubbard. Um, she has written three books, uh, The Rib King, The Talented Rib Kings, and this last book that we were just speaking about that I'm going to be um, giving away some copies of, um, The Last Suspicious Holdout. So it, it, it has so many different stories. They're all interconnected. And there are some stories that you've got to read all the way to the end because it will give you, like, this weird, like, loop like you're like whoa what did he just say so uh don't like don't give up on a chapter maybe you're like okay all right what's the point what's the point just read them all the way through and also read the, the multiple chapters because you'll see the interconnected the different characters and how they're connected to each other um and uh but, but i'm going to give away some copies so keep an eye out on social media uh so that you can um see how you're how you're going to win a copy and again thank you guys for your support you can always donate to paypal uh saturdays with joy keys and um you can listen to previous shows on itunes iHeartRadio, amazon music google stitcher spotify in case you've missed anything uh next week i'm going to be speaking with um author namina forna about her book um again at 11:30. normally i do shows at 11 but that, her show is going to be at 11 30 so you can check that out, um, and you can also go again on social media to see the link and check out the phone number to call in. The call-in number is always the same, 516-387-1745, and uh, you can call and ask a question. Or if you want to just type something on social media to me, uh, that way I can ask the author one of the questions that you might have. All right, you guys have a great weekend. Um, you know, Watch out for this uh, variant that's going on. With this COVID, I hope you guys got all your shots and uh, you may still have to wear masks. And always just wash your hands. I mean, I remember come in the house, wash your hands. Go to the bathroom, wash your hands with soap. <laughs> if you can't use soap, then if you have the uh, hand sanitizer, you know, that's also helpful. But uh, try to um, protect yourself as best as you can. And those around you, it, it'll, it'll protect those. You guys have a great weekend, and I will talk to you later. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.